Moo and good night, everyone. I think, as Sean says, it's been a long time since I've had to do this, but good evening, morning, afternoon, wherever you are. Welcome to the Pink Tron. Uh, it's me, Steve Pritchard, um, which is very disturbing. Uh, the much more professional Sean Fogenberg. Joining us also, Craig Martin, who hasn't ridden Zwift this year or something like that, so we're not sure why he's here, other than for token Canadian banter. And Jeff Aldrich. Let's go to you first, Jeff. What are you drinking? I'm drinking actually a, a brew of my own creation. This is a home brew, uh, which is a Belgian farmhouse ale or Cezanne style. And it's, it's quite lovely, I'm, I, if I do say so myself. I don't know if that's the first homebrew we've had on the Pink Tron, but uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna mute that it is, um, and that's amazing. Nice, uh, Sean. How about you? What are you drinking today? Uh, well, Jeff, do we have a name for it? Um, I wasn't that creative, apparently. If you give me a second while you all finish the rest, maybe I'll come up with something by the time we come back around. I think I, I, we can leave it as an Easter egg. Like if people actually listen to this, pop it in the comments, uh, put it on Facebook when Sean does the post later. There you go. Suggest a, suggest a herd theme name for my brew. <laughs> uh, I've got a, since we're we're doing the end of the Neopio um, series for HSRL, I made myself a gin and tonic with uh, Japanese gin, Roku. Uh, it's got a bunch of Japanese botanicals. Quite delicious. Nice. And Craig, what do you want tonight? So I have from Kavak Brewing, Le, say in Alger, La Plage Abito, Abito Beach Pale Ale. Bless you. Very <laughs> nice. Slightly disturbingly, I think it's, it, it, I, I always worry about no, i don't say worry about time i'm always very confused by the concept of time in general but the, i think that the three of us four of us operating over different time zones and i think i'm latest in the day uh and i'm on uh soda water with some squash in it because um i decided to ride home with a friend today who was uh, about three kilometers per hour average speed faster than me and i'm fucked so um, <laughs> i'm definitely trying to rehydrate at this point um so on to i the heard some racing league sean I, i'm going to try and do race three tomorrow morning but see previous comment um we're we're in uh we're in the okay aren't we in the rooftop rendezvous up yeah so this week we've got uh the neokio all-nighter uh so i believe is it just one lap um yeah one lap 24.3k four sprints so it's castle park reverse Alley, Castle Park, and Tower. And the sprints two, three, and four all come within about, uh, let's call that a 4K period. So that's going to be, a, a uh, you're going to be fucked, as Steve said. Uh, and, uh, and then finishing with uh, the rooftop KOM, uh, about 6K from the finish. Uh, Marjolein wanted us to point out that the rooftop KOM is double points. Um, so it's four sprints, one climb, but the climb is worth double. And then uh, finish at 24K. Uh, and I believe it finishes at the normal uh, finish after the uh, arcade. Yes, I believe so. This uh, is a pretty fun route. Yeah. I don't think any of us have, have did race one. No, uh, we did have it's... a review in for Marion, didn't we? Uh, it sounds like she did it, and she thought that uh, 
the steering definitely was an advantage on route at rendezvous because there's lots of corners there, isn't it? And uh, a banner attack was possible. Yeah, um, especially that the the rooftop KOM is is definitely curvy. Um, yeah. So if you can steer out of the draft and break the draft, or just take cut all the corners, uh, you're definitely gaining some time. Well, I think if you can sprint getting the getting the super tuck and then cut all the corners you'll uh i think it would be hard to catch you is the the idea there it sounded like the pack the newer pack dynamics was also in play in terms of how easy it is for groups to catch yeah so we're definitely on uh pack dynamics 4.1 which does slow groups down um so i was just reading the the thread the the forum thread earlier and the for a given, so in like group rides where everyone's pushing like two watts a kilo, the speeds are down three to four kph uh, as opposed to Pack Dynamics 4.0. Um, they they really have reduced the churn at the front of groups. So if you're not meaning to be pushing the pace at the front, the pace does not get pushed. Um, the that churn really doesn't uh, bring groups back anymore. Um, which on a, a route like this, where it's flat, uh, and then you've got that, that KOM, if you could get away off the front after that KOM, like people may not want to be chasing you. And that's good, right? I think we talked about this before. We just want the person, we don't say we just want that. Like, in an ideal situation, the person at the front of the blob should need to be going the same speed or slightly faster than the person who's broken away to catch them up i know there's sort of an array of views i would gamify more because i like i want to give people the experience of a breakaway to make that slightly easier so i'd i'd ideally make it that the blob has to work slightly harder um than just harder than the person the break I'd, I'd dial that up a little bit so that the blob had to work harder because there should be sort of 10 or 12 you can work together um but that's me wanting to gamify stuff right so um but no this is cool um, and it's a really cool route. I do. I love the rooftop rendezvous climb. Um, it's got a bit of a kick at the end, hasn't it? Uh, maybe that's just me being unfit and being tired at the end. But like, I don't know if it's uh, actually a kick at the end, but it definitely feels harder at the end. Yeah, for, for what it's worth, it's yeah, for what it's worth, having just done the climb eight times uh, two weeks ago, uh, yeah, there's definitely uh, a kick at the end. Um, the Let's let's take a look at the segment. Um, I mean, we've all we've all done it, right? It's about 1.7, 1.8k at 2.7%. But the reason it's 2.7% is it's flat like that first half has all of those little steps. Um, so there's there's quite a bit of that first half that's actually at zero percent. Um, but once you get to the last half of it, it it's pretty steadily in that like five-ish, uh, three to five percent. Um, but the the end up like that last little kick up to the flat uh, is is a sustained little five percent ramp. Um, so it's not steep, but you know people are going hard for three, four, five minutes. Uh, that is where people are going to be broken, especially after four sprints earlier in the race. And remind me, how do the points work um, 
regarding the sort of segment versus GC points? Is it a 50-50 split or a... No, so it's one-third. One-third at the finish. Okay, so it'll be a third, uh, and then the sprints will be worth twice as much as the KOM, the sprints in total. Yeah. Um, yes. So it's interestingly, points. if you put the, if I'm, I'm trying to do maths in my head, the sprints are worth as much as the climb and your finish position are. Yes. So I was just trying to think if this is actually a bit of a hybrid strategy one that you do, you do you go all out and try and win all the sprints on your foot, like thinking ahead to bike choice, all out, win all the sprints, fastest possible bike, knowing you might suffer on the climb and lose GC, or do you, you could sort of, do a flip strategy of like you save a bit on all the sprints knowing you're going to go all out on the climb for climb time and gc position or do you sit somewhere in the middle which is probably the right answer but that's the boring answer isn't it isn't this climb shallow enough to go arrow anyway yeah really so yeah i mean it's 2.7 percent i i mean when we when we did rooftop rendezvous i was on full arrow uh and that was just up and down for the whole race um so with a bunch of flats and sprints, like I definitely think that's the that's the play. But I, I think in terms of pacing, Steve is right. Like, yeah. If if you if you are a 100 percent like full sprinter and there are other people like that in the race, maybe you like actually go for the sprints. Uh but if you're a strong sprinter, like go hard enough that you get good points and then if you're also a like good short climber, like try and do well on all of it so that you that's I think that's my play tomorrow. Um is just get good enough on the sprints and try and save something for that climb. Yeah, that's that's well I mean I'll be on the pink tron because I'm fundamentally very lazy and don't want to change bike. Um but I I found this actually my 20 second power is better than my 90 second power comparatively in my category at the moment. So it's easier for me to go for a sprint and tie myself out that way because I'll be at the front and then I get a rest. The ones where I've tried to kind of like half sprint or you kind of, you end up having to work a bit harder because some people are off the front and you, you end up working a bit longer effectively, don't you? That, that ties me out more. So yeah, I'll definitely be going for like a half sprint in most of the sprints and then try and live up the climb. Uh, I don't know how, so personally, at, when we did Island Hopper last week, after that first lap, after doing the four sprints, and I was going all out on those four sprints, that was when I popped, because it, it, like I was not recovering well enough to keep pushing hard enough to stay with the group that was only doing, what, like two and a half watts a kilo, but... Uh, there's something, there's just like, and especially after that three sprint, uh series on on this week like uh if you have so i mean craig craig knows about this from from doing bmx stuff right like you do a series of sprints and it's really hard to recover if you can do big watts for that for that time like and you can really put yourself in a hole to be able to actually keep pushing after the better sprinter you are, the deeper you can go. Yep. Like it's it's not just you're a better sprinter because you have better ability. You have a an ability to pull 
way more out of your body in a very short period of time. Which it's, which means that afterwards you 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 don't have anything left. Yeah. Well, and that's um like I didn't I, I went absolutely nuts on a Zwift KOM reverse, set my all-time one minute power, and then got dropped on the on the sprint because I I, I used everything. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, it's funny how your body can change as well. So I've lost a lot of fitness from when I was a B and it's sort of coming back up again now. And before I'd say actually it's I I liked tempo effort. It's okay at climbs, not great at sprinting. And last weekend I won a sprint, like in the event as a C, which is like I'm in, I'm 77 kilos. I don't put out massive watts, but I just did a good. Uh, I did my best watts ever on that sprint. Yeah. Right. So, um, well, Steve, so, you were a yeah, you were a two minute, a two minute guy when we were in C before, really. Like that, like that, that was that was what you beat me at. Helicom, love Helicom. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so, what does that take us on to next? I think we we covered bike choice there, um, your best aero bike, and then let's say pacing strategies. That takes us to HPR, uh, the next race that we talk about. <laughs> Heard beginner Heard racing. Beginner yeah. So that's on the fan flats this week, uh, and it will be. It looks like the two climber. laps. Oh, wait, no. <laughs> two laps uh, with four point five k lead in five. Uh, K per lap, so it's a 14 and a half K route in total. Um, it is, I mean, it's the flattest that Richmond gets. Uh, Pretty flat. It, it will end up being somewhere around 40, I think it's 44 meters of elevation, it says. So very little. Yeah. Or 39. Um, but yeah, it's, it's not much. Uh, it's just that like one to two percent uh rise up to the u-turn is yeah. is the majority of the elevation here so yeah definitely a um you know fastest arrow that you've got yeah and just yeah, a faster... reminder that's a, those are good no i say this is actually a really interesting course for a scratch race like this because the course isn't providing any direction on where anything's going to happen People are just going to decide to go, so it's it's almost more like a uh, like a track race than a road race. So it's, that's not an opportunity with Steve Pritchard Memorial Panache attack from the from the starting line. Just go and see if you can leave. Everybody. <laughs> I might uh, not try that, but there's lots of plate. There's lots of places where you can break things apart. Yeah. Jeff, it's given two laps as well, isn't it? So you, you yeah. do get a bit of a sighting. The fan flats, like it's one of those ones though that has got a lot of cobble, and I think that's the one where that catch surface changes still catch people out. I think that that you have to bump your watts up a bit, and it's something like Ben Pointing used to be really good when he's DSing or we're riding him with the TTT, like. Yep. He'd be like, right, we pump those watts on the like, surface change. We pump the watts up a bit here because we know that like. Yeah. Roll resistance goes up in the game, it slows us down a bit. And actually, for a short like five percent effort, it's not a huge effort you're making. Like if, if you're not paying attention, you can get shelled, and then then that is a world of hurt. Um 
this is a classic. This is the James Bailey classic. Apparently, it's the fourth tree on the right that you have to go for for the sprint on this one. Not that, not that it matters, but uh, yeah, <laughs> get a good sighter. Get a good sighter on that first lap of where you think you're going to launch your sprint from. I think. Uh, Jeff, how do you think that these this will go? And you know, it's it's the D races, fourteen and a half k, mostly flat. There's like a couple little like two percent things, yeah. but. Well, and, and now that we have the, the subcategories going here, so you, you're going to be groups that are a little more, you know, you, you want to have the, the faster D just, you know, gone and, you know, they'll go by. They'll, I, I think there'll be groups. I mean, it, it, when I've raced these races, a lot of people just kind of hang and just try to stay with the group. And I haven't seen a ton of, of you know, attacks. I haven't done a couple in, in a few weeks, so maybe maybe it's changed outside more, but maybe maybe it's changed. I'm guessing because if they're evenly matched, we're going to get a lot of hang, hang around the group and then try to win the sprint. If, yeah. if somebody's feeling frisky, I'd love to see some some people try some attacks and just see if we can, you know, whether it be on the cobbles, like you said, Steve, to, to kind of catch people out who aren't paying attention or or whatever it is. There's not a lot of turns, so steering's not going to be a huge factor here. Um, you can't choose a TT bike, can you, in HBR, I don't think. Don't believe so. I'm just thinking about there was a uh, a race a couple of years ago that we we televised and I famously lost in a sprint uh, trying a panache attack. I think it was on hilly route, um, and I think we were ra- effectively racing for second because a guy entered in the pen on a TT bike and smashed it out the start, and we kind of just let him go. He didn't didn't race out of category um what's per kilogram but just went and and actually did okay because he got gc points and um but the rest of us then then raced and some of us did better racing than others but we, actually we... you did you did great on that one steve that was so steve and i and lisa um martin green who went on that attack with you yeah it? martin and then i think ben uh not ben Poynton, the other ben um he did triathlon a bit. Yes. Oh, oh he's been he he hasn't been around a long time. I'm I'm no. forgetting his last name right now too. Yeah, but it's, yeah, race two. Well, there was always a good bunch of herd yeah. riders in race two, and we uh, yeah, that you know, the classic two minute power. That's where I was trying to attack up Hillycom and get people to come with me every time, and Craig was beating me up Hillycom because he's faster than me, and then not working. <laughs> and I think Except the, the last lap, time, the, the fourth, fourth lap, time, you and like, Martin dropped me. Yeah, uh, but I've then. Just, you guys called uh, back. It was cool. What's that? But yeah, to similar on fan flats. I wonder if an early attack to the chap who went away, like if you attack early, gap the group. Yeah. And then the group sort of churn and look at each other a bit. Could you, if you can hold your watts out front, do a 2.6 watts per kilogram, sit there. Is that going to be enough yeah. to stop? Like, New pack know. dynamics, I think it's it's definitely in play. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> And with more, more beginning, less experienced races, I guess there's, you know, there's a chance that they may not immediately recognize what's going on. Get 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 to working together, and if they if they wait long enough, you get a big enough gap. Uh, that that is so. Inter- it's an interesting strategy, potentially triable. Uh, I because it's beginner racing. I I would just like to uh, suggest to people that. Uh, don't just like make a weak attack, get to the front and hold 2.6 because you're just going to drag people along. Yeah. So uh, 
you're gonna you have to go hard to get that gap and then try and hold if you're going to do an attack like this. Yeah, unless possibly you you've got steering and nobody else does, and you can get 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 people out from behind you. Yeah. But, you know, tail yeah, through bit, the group. It's a bit further, and it doesn't have a separator. So I did a tiny race a few weeks ago in D's, where I managed to win in a breakaway, which is literally the most exciting thing I've ever done. Um, it was on um the Paris loop, but reverse. Um, the Set Express or something. I can't remember what it's called. Set Express. Um, and so you go up the climb to the up to Triumph out of the pens, and three of us went, and I was going basically as hard as I could up that climb to have a gap. And then three of us, we sort of worked together and stayed. We were only at best, we were only like 10 seconds away the group, and that came down to five, but it was just enough that we were sort of staying there working hard and they were staying behind and working hard. Um, that we managed to contest a sprint at the end, the three of us that had broken away out of the pens, which was really cool. So, but yeah, you do have to, that was a, that was a good sort of one, two minutes of going absolutely as hard as we could and then resting up. So I think the, the reality, stay in the bunch, win the sprint at the end. <laughs> it's, it's how you yeah, win this it, As much as it's fun to try all these different things, the, the it, yeah, the, the easy thing to do is stay in the group, you know, maybe try and close a gap if one opens and then win the sprint. Yeah. Yeah. That's the easy thing, but it's not always the most fun thing. You know, I like to throw if, something that might not even be the best thing for me to do. Right. Just for difference. Yeah. Like we're, none of us are doing this as a, uh, like very few of us have these races as the most important thing we do on any given day. Right. So like, might as well, you know, do some stuff, try and have some fun. But Ash. Oh, yeah, definitely. Find, find real limits are. Exactly. And it's just cool racing with other people, isn't it? It reminds me doing the tiny races. There's a few people in the herd, uh, Sarah Hoffman, who won a couple of races, and she would just, she just like chasing me and beating me up hills, which is really annoying. <laughs> so so she, she won a couple of weeks by like, I'd go and she'd chase me and we'd go away to the end and then, she had one of the courses was Cito better and she beat me on that. And I I'd finished third or fourth or something. So I couldn't beat these guys in the sprint and she was doing some cool stuff on the hills, but it's just, it's just fun. And like a couple of them, a couple of them, you're sort of messaging each other. It'd be great people on discord. Like it's, it's fun to race against each other. It's fun to race in a group, isn't it? And uh, if you can have some shenanigans outside the normal uh, operating uh, way of operating in a race, that's even more fun, isn't it? So what does that take us on to next, John? Actually, uh, a pretty good good time to to remind people about the Herd Racing League Discord channel that you know gets some use but not always. Um, it is a lot of more fun. I've been on. You know, Craig was on one time and he actually had a DSing for a couple of us and it was really cool. And you know, but, or just even just talking between categories. Chris and I have been on a few times and you know, just somebody to talk to and take your mind off the, how much your legs hurt. You know, or maybe some shenanigans. You know, get some get some group racing tactics happening. So you know, I, I encourage everyone to jump on the channel. And hopefully you get a few people and you can have a good time while you're while you're uh, throwing up. And I think that's in the pinned comments on the Facebook page, isn't it? So it's pretty easy to find. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, the, next, the next is uh, Herd of Mountain Goats. So the climbing series or the, uh, well, climbing finish scratch race series. Uh, so this is on Lucher counterclockwise. Uh, so this is... Uh, pretty this is going to be a tough race uh it goes up the 
Innsbruck KOM reverse, so the steeper side uh, on the lead-in. Uh, you then the lead-in. Yeah, yes. you you then descend and do it again. Do it again. Yeah. So it's it, it ends at the top of the second climb, um, and that climb is uh, about six k at seven percent. Um, so it's for fast seas it's somewhere in the 24-ish minute range i think I, the fastest i've seen was was uh in one of the hwr races i i think was like 15 minutes was like the uh scorekeeper ish time yeah and that's just thing. silly i actually prefer this way up um, i do too because it suits how i climb more like i that I quite like to I quite like it when I can do little over unders on the climb. Um so if I can sit on somebody's wheel on the flat bit and then I can go really hard on the steep bits because it kind of steps like that, as opposed to something where it does just become effectively an uphill time trial and I've got to sit there. But is it is is draft enabled on this or is it uh, yes. no draft? Yes. This is draft. Yeah, so uh Dan Pedroza did a fifteen twenty-four. <laughs> uh so Tatum, 1610, Brent, 1942. So kind of uh, kind of judge your efforts based on that. I would say fasty is somewhere. Climb, right? That's just the climb. Yeah. So uh, and I've and done... that's, that's doing it one time. So rest fast on the way down because it's coming again. Yeah. So I did 2036 in a in a race of Octorbon. So um yeah, no, it's if you're a I was a good B at that point. So yeah, yeah, if you're a good B, you're a little over 20. Around 20. Yep. Yeah. Cool. There's a reason as as a gravitationally challenged Clydesdale, this is the just say no series for me. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so the next series, the next race is the Stampede Time Trial Series, and this is going to be a rough one. Uh, so this week we've got Downtown Titans. Uh, it is 25.4K uh, with both Titans Grove Reverse and the Zwift uh, Hilly K KOM. Uh, so, and it's it's rolling pretty much the whole time. You go through... Titans Grove, you come down, you do Hilly KOM, uh, and then you finish uh, after doing the uh, the S's. Yep. Um, so pacing on this is definitely not going to just be like peg it at threshold for 40 minutes or whatever. Um, there's going to definitely be some holding back or you know maybe you go at threshold for that first several k and then you do titans grove a bit above and then kind of recover on the like downhill rolly bits out until you get to zwift kom and you go hard on that but for all of this like because it's a long effort you do want to sit near threshold as much as you can yeah uh, so it's almost you want to hit threshold and then you want to surge and recover on the rolly bits. 
Um, so, but you want to sit at threshold anytime you've got a sustained flat, which you do a bunch of times. Um, yeah. So this is yeah, this is an interesting one. It's um, quite a tough start, though, isn't it? Because you're it's all pretty steady. It's all it's all uphill. For the first seven k or so, it's pretty much uphill. Yeah. And this is the last week of the GC series for Stampede. However, if you haven't done them all, you're still welcome in the race. Uh, but this is non-drafting time trial. And yeah, you for this, you will absolutely want a fast TT bike. Yeah. The, that's the fastest flat TT bike as well, I yes. guess. You will like... want your fastest flat TT bike. Because every so, time you're going up, you're coming back down. Um, you're you're not going up a massive climb. Uh, yeah. yeah, no, this is this is fast TT bike. The hilly KOM is the longest, steepest segment, and you know you may lose a few seconds on that by having something heavier, but you're gaining a lot more than that over the rest of the course. Yeah, I didn't realize this was originally a rebel route as well. So. Yeah, kind of. In fact, do you not, know not whose rebel route, route this was? Mac Attack. The Cafes as well, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so this is, this is Mac Attacks, and uh, yeah, it was uh, good fun. Uh, so is it Bullseye next? Yeah, so Bullseye is going to be, I, I don't know about you guys, but I quite like this course, and it's a good timing for it considering uh, World Champs is this coming week or i guess the track part has already started the uh yep the the world championships um so it's on glasgow crit circuit um and it is how many laps oh, um uh PTSD six, from six laps 13 sprints so ooh, ooh. A sprint, well, two sprints every lap, including one at the top of the the kicker. Uh, so this is going to be pretty brutal. Um, it's not a fastest through segment on any of it, so the uh, the kicker is going to probably be hard, but people will probably not go for the full segment. They'll wait until that that ramp to the end. Um. But yeah, this will be a this will be a fun one. This might be worth. The, I I think, I guess it depends on what kind of racing you like to do. But this is one that I think would be a fun, fun one to do if you're not a a regular bullseye rider. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. I, it's the kind of route that really lends itself to the bullseye because some of the bullseye routes where they're flat and it's a sprint. Like if you're a big watt sprinter. You, you win and I, I used to do those and be like i know i'm getting a good workout trying to keep up with these guys something like this you can there's a more punchy rider you can really mix it up which is cool so it's interesting hearing you say sean like people will wait until the kicker bit of the kicker well i'm thinking oh, hang on if i attack right, right. at the start of the on yep. that bit i can probably get a gap and then i can tempo up the rest because i've just got to be first across the line i don't have to be fastest through the segment i just need to be the first person to the line so the more I mix it up, the more I do what people aren't expecting me to do, the more chance I've got of getting yeah. there. I just need to pick what I think will beat whoever I'm racing against, right? 
And this is, that's, I think the most fun part about cycling is like, and, and the thing that, uh, Zwift misses a lot of the time because of the, you know, they, they haven't gamified things in this way that you do need, like the fun part about cycling is that it is kind of oxygen deprived game theory. You, you have to make decisions that people aren't expecting that maximize your chances based on what you can do rather than, I mean, a lot of the time it does end up just being like sit in and wait for sprints, but um, with the new pack dynamics, and, uh, I don't know if the if bullseye. Yeah. I don't know if bullseye is actually using the new pack dynamics. Um, eventually everything will be so. Yeah. Now the bullseye was how the panache attack was born as well, because I could beat neither Shifty or Bowser in a sprint. Uh, I think we were doing um, the Innsbruck route where you do the circles and hit the le leg snapper, and then the sprint was the finish line on that. It was only one sprint in it, and I knew I wasn't beating Bowser and Shifty in a sprint, and they could just about hold me up the hill. So I was gradually attacking from further and further out by putting a massive sprint in, like a K to go, and saying, Chase me, guys. <laughs> so, nice. um, and you'd get it, over it the line. It makes a ton of sense. I'm, yeah. if, if you're not going to win the sprint, you might as well try it. You'll, you'll, you'll get better. Even if, even if you get caught, I mean, you, you'll, you'll improve your fitness. And over time, hopefully, you'll, you'll develop that level of fitness that you can hang on to that for a K or whatever it is. And either way, you, you give yourself a chance as opposed to if you know they're going to out-sprint you. You don't have a chance. Yeah, definitely. And that's what Craig was saying. Like that, I think that's what really helped me get to like really good 90 second to two minute power because I would just attack a, a K to go. <laughs> that's about how quickly you do it. But the, 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 I think with things like that, you just got to rely on like as soon as there's more than one other person to race against, right? This is, uh, that's the situation I love. Like a, like a yep. 1v1 kind of, they're going to chase you. Yeah. Effectively. But, as soon as you get more than like one other person in the group, it becomes really fun because they don't want to ruin playing. their race by yeah. chasing you and make and dr drag the other guy up to exactly. you. Yeah, it's actually that. something that uh, we sometimes uh, because we don't use much herd tactics in our herd races. Because um, definitely in other races, when I've had other herd riders in a small group off the front and then we start we start gaming and then you know somebody will attack and one of the two of us close it down and then then they let up and that happens over and over again and then you know we had the king sprinter at the time i and think i don't know if it's the most recent one but i saw one of um dave roberts put up one of the herd of cassowary um yep uh laterally yeah races mm -hmm. recently and two of them went really really hard out of the gate like really hard sprinting and i had to like i haven't got the sound on so i'd, I'd love to have known if that was a tactic to say like if two of us can get up the road and then we can work together yeah you're gonna have to chase like behind and then the rest of the team can just sit in the wheels then can't they so yeah so uh actually for i've uh so i mean th this is kind of getting into something we're going to talk about a little later but uh, yeah, I'm definitely interested in ladder league. I'm I'm going to give this a shot. Um, but that uh, that seems to be one of the common tactics because many of, at this point, you know, it, it hasn't really completely stratified. It's still relatively new. 
So a lot of the teams have a relatively wide, uh, you know, range of, of, you know, fitness on them or speed. So one of the ways to, um, to combat that, if you've got somebody faster than the rest of your team is to just have him go. And then nobody else in your team pulls at the front of the group. They just have to stay at the, they just have to follow the other team. So yeah, that, that's, it seems to be a pretty common uh, tactic and uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's effective. Uh, what are we going bike choice on the bullseye then? So our, our last one on this on this ride is it's no, pink Tron, obviously. But... Yeah, I, I'd probably go Tron be, because of that uh, because of that kicker. Um, and it's very rolling. It, it's very rolling. Now at the same time, it's very rolling. You get really high speeds, and you you know you you can go full arrow. Um, to to me, it's all about if you're confident that you're not going to get dropped on that on Clyde Kicker, you can go full arrow and have a little bit of an advantage on everything else, but it's, uh, yeah, you've got to be confident you're not going to get dropped on Clyde Kicker. And for those who don't have Tron, you know, an all-arounder, you know, Kenny Arrow and DT Swift 62s for early early races. Is, racers if, is you don't, a, if you don't have the shot. only, so the only thing uh, more arrow than Tron is the disc wheels. If you right. if you don't have disc wheels yet, the most aero thing you've got. Yeah. And we and we spend a lot of time talking about bike choice and I'd hate to not talk about that cuz cuz it's basically the the premise of the podcast a lot of the time, but the, I the first 6 months I was on Swift before I had the Tron, I think I got the like level 7 uh, Ribble bike or something that was like one of the better all-rounders at the time didn't change bike unless I was doing a TT and did okay. Won some races, lost some races. I, I, I don't think in most of the races we talk about, I don't think it makes really that much difference between like, if you've had a cup of coffee before the race, if you've not, if you're a bit hungry, like those are all making, like if you're a bit tired, if you did 50 Ks stupidly quick with your friend tonight, I'm I'm going to be bad tomorrow. <laughs> like, that's going to make far more of a difference than what bike I get off. So Yeah. No, and yeah, it, it is a very marginal. When we're talking about that difference, that's the, you know, the 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 0.01 second difference when we're doing these uh, the HSRL time sprint segments, like that can it be the might difference. Might gain you a point, yeah. Second, well, it might be the difference between second and fifth sometimes. Yeah, but it's not really a big difference. Whatever bike makes you feel fastest. <laughs> which is i think why uh the pink tron is scientifically proven to be the fastest bike mm -hmm. uh, it is because of science um, yeah it is it, it, there, there, is a, there is a large there is a large chunk of that uh, we were uh, talking about this a bit at work and talking this with my friends and i a lot of people ask me about like in real life what bike to ride and the general rule is the best bike you ride is the one that you ride right so if you're yes. out riding your bike it's the best bike for you it's the same, same on Swift. If you feel fast, if you feel you're going to win, that's the best bike choice for you. Like if you just like how it looks on the screen, that's probably going to have more of an effect than half of the bike choices you can make. So, so given I think we're in a spot where I can fill in with something that Steve just made me think of, I just built what was my it, it was my dream bike. Like I got the. So I, I got a Yes World Cup frame 
so yes, BMX, Canadian company, hand built in Canada. This is the this is the one I wanted three years ago. And uh, anyway, yeah, it, one kind of fell into my lap. I uh, I built it up, and I really like it. Is it really that much better than the one I had before? No, it, it, it's almost the same, but it's awesome. But do you feel fast? Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. As long as you look good, because you know you have to be oh, good. Do I look ever good. look good? <laughs> Does kind of John match the herd jersey? I so uh, I I I wear the herd jersey on occasion. So uh, I I normally wear our club jersey. I've got another jersey that I wear for practice often. But uh, yeah, I I definitely pull out. I do have a herd jersey that you know long the long sleeve mountain bike jersey works as a BMX race jersey. Uh, and uh, yeah, I pull that out on occasion. If the paint job's got to match the jersey. Come on, Craig. No, so I've, I've, my ah. the paint job on the, so actually the paint job on my cyclocross bike uh, does match the herd jersey. But uh, no, the, my, uh, my race bike is, is a black. So. How many of us have painted our bikes pink just so we can feel like we're on a pink tron? So that kind of leads us on to talking about all things bike maintenance, which was uh, going to kick off our round the horn, wasn't it? So I've discovered today that actually following the you know manufacturer's instructions and, and uh, installing things the way they're meant to be installed makes them work. <laughs> so uh, apparently using a th roughly a thimbleful of um, tubeless sealant isn't the best way to get your tubeless tires to seal. And, and using the, the four ounces, I still don't understand what that means. Um, but that's apparently 125 mil of sealant actually gets tubeless tires to go up and stay up, um, which is cool. I still managed to fuck up. Which by... is quite a bit. <laughs> it's a surprisingly it a large amount. Uh, if somebody gave you to drink, you, you, you'd prefer you'd prefer not to. I think don't drink sealant. Um, let's just put that out there now. Um, but yeah, um, that 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 worked surprisingly better, which uh, enabled me to to ride home, which was good. So. Uh, um, and uh, famously on my bike the frame that I have set up to Zwift at home, uh, I've had to turn the trainer difficulty down because I don't want to fix the front of the radio. Um, and I don't have the finger lifting method uh, quite down as uh, as Craig managed to get it. So, um, uh, I I will just as I'm a, I'm a doctor, and so uh, I will say only drink sealant if you've got diarrhea. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> Don't think about that too hard. Uh, yeah, so I've also had some uh, interesting, let's say, adventures in tubeless. Uh, I feel like everyone has this when they, like, there is something about, like, tubeless where you you just like there is some magic to it to get just the right amount of sealant of the right type uh with the right tires and the right like uh rim tape job and everything to to make it work i've had i've had uh a set of wheels that work really great when they are when they hold air uh 
but I've also like with that same set of wheels, I've gone a little too long uh, without adding more sealant and had an issue where like I'm 20 miles from home and the, the air just goes and it starts spraying. Actually it ended up like there was a hole in the, in the, uh, in the tube that wasn't sealing. And so it's like, I'm riding along and I'm getting sealant just sprayed across the back of my leg every time I pedal. Uh, and I'm like, huh, wonder what, like, wonder what that feeling is. Look down. Okay, great. Uh, try and do a plug. The plug doesn't hold, uh, put a, like go off to the side of the road. It's 90 degrees. Like it's a hot day. I put a tube in, I start riding again. The tube blows <laughs> like I'm I've already used, but like, I, I don't even think I had another can it like another CO2 canister It's just like, well, I, I guess I'm done. <laughs> like, uh, which is why now I'm back on uh, the, the set of wheels. That's, that's got uh, just tubes in there, uh, which is frustrating. Like I just, I think that, that you've, uh, inspired me to give the tubeless another shot just like load it back up with a whole lot more sealant uh because they're re it's a really nice pair of like mid-dish arrow wheels like like they're they're fun and fast and like these are nice and light and climby but when i'm outside like everything is flat here like <laughs> It's tricky, isn't it? I mean, uh, I think I've proven uh, I'm the last person, literally the last person anyone should ask about bike maintenance. Um, I think in my experience, I think if you can get to 28 on your wheels, then you're starting to run low enough pressures that you're not asking quite a lot of tubeless. And I know you can get tubeless at things. I've got 25, some of you, and that, that's been a, a long tricky journey with lots of sealant and they're still not brilliant um because you just have to run quite high pressures on 25s um even for tubeless so yeah but on on my cyclocross bike which had 32s on it i wore the tread out like this this was what converted me to tubeless i wore I, after a week of put the sealant in a bit of like messing about and Basically, I had to take a pump into work and I'd cycle an hour into work and I'd pump the tires up and that would splash the fluid around and I'd cycle home and I'd pump them up again. It just sort of like you spend a week smashing the tires around and getting sealant to leak out the places the sealant wants to and seal those up. Yeah. After a week, I didn't have a puncture until I rode into work one day and couldn't get this puncture to go down, similar similar to usual, and got to the local bike shop, went to them and like, why can't I get this to fix? You have a look at it and they're like, you've worn the thread through on the tire like you're not going to be able to fix that you need to buy new tires and i'd done about six thousand kilometers on it so yeah like that was very low maintenance after that like no no new sealant in same as you no, no just like did it once didn't top it up with sealant anything like that just rode my bike just yeah. cool and, and that's about getting yeah. into it or? so i i do i've never done inserts um a, yeah so if you want so really to me the inserts are more for if you want to run really low pressure for off-road use um that's that's what you want the inserts for i know some of the teams that at the tour have experimented with them or if you're riding um, group a for for yes. group a um 
I get so the impression actually that some of them are using them in road stages too. Um, but that's I it's, think it gives, that's you, it more... gives you more ability to run flat for longer, if that makes sense. So if yes. you've got and why the pros are doing it is they can ride like a K or two waiting for the team car to come yeah, up. Exactly. Yeah. Don't lose as much time. Uh, it's yep. not right. You're not getting home on inserts, are you? So no, yeah, that's that's it. Like you're not I don't think the for you know your average rec rider, I don't think there's any benefit to running a, an insert on the road um other than if you're riding things like cobbles fast all the time um but yeah I, I mean i've got i've got 28s on uh steve i think we've talked about the the kinlan 31 rims um for me those yeah those tires and those rims um i didn't i don't even use you know real tubeless tape I uh, I use capped on tape that I, I I buy for you know other reasons and uh, yeah no it uh, it's worked great I've got tubeless running on my my jumbo gyms on uh, on my fat bike I you know 120 millimeter and uh, yeah it, that was a little different experience to set up but good fun. It, it must I, be nice being able to just pour the sealant in rather than having to. Uh, oh no! Yeah, you know, you, you're pouring a significant part of a bottle into those. Yeah. Uh, to break it to you, Steve, but I, I'm pretty sure that because I don't understand anything that you've said, all the three of you have said for about the last five or ten minutes, that I've just taken your title as the last person you should talk to about bike bike maintenance. <laughs> No, this is guy. I did manage to put one of the tires on the wrong way around. Apparently, it's got a rotational direction, which I only noticed when I got to the station. But yeah, it's capped on tape is a is a. I, I use that a lot on various bits of my bike um, because yeah, I can buy it for pence um, from Radius Spares, um, and uh, manufacturers charge an inordinate amount of money for various bits of tape that has their name put on it. Um, I know. Don't use electrical tape. That does not work, which uh, we we have discovered in the past. I say we, I. Ask you how you Tried it. Tried it with the Bianchi. Took the wheel apart and found that like three or four of the spoke holes had just sort of blown completely through where I'd put the electrical tape on it. It's just it not... stretches. So it it will yeah. work as the second layer. So if you use something like duct tape or uh, like hockey grip tape or something like that, that it has a little more has fibers in it and then the electrical tape as a smooth layer uh that will work but uh, on its own it, it it's just too stretchy yeah it did not work <laughs> as a minnesotan i get i get the hockey reference <laughs> jeff how about you then what's your what's your latest uh mechanical fail or, or uh fail on drift um I, I don't try to do much myself. I, I, I don't. I don't ride nearly as much as most of you guys do. I just spent the rest of my life and other hobbies and other stuff. But I, mean, I did have a period where I literally had a flat tire on three consecutive rides. Uh, but you know, I, 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 right about at the, at the farthest point away from you know my house, so I had to the, either call my wife or went to me to walk it back because she was out doing something else. And, uh, and I eventually took it to the, to the shop. I, I, I searched and searched. I could not figure it out, but I think. The rim tape was just a little bit off in a couple of spots, and so it, the tube was 
these were tube tires and it was just getting caught on a little bit of the edge of one of the spike the, the spoke holes or something and just blowing them and i i, I went through multiple tubes and multiple mm-hmm. i got better at getting tires on my rims uh, <laughs> that's the only good that came out of that whole mess but um i managed to figure out how to lube a chain and so my you know and i mostly wrote it right been riding indoors so my chain lasts forever which is kind of cool um the next my next one is trying to figure out how to change a chain so uh it turns out that they don't last forever i think really don't. I, I i think i've talked about this on here before but uh my biggest my biggest bike maintenance shame was i i think it was uh we were doing the like herd club championships and uh i had to pull out of a race because i was like i was sprinting and my changes came off of my front derailleur and like it, it things like this had been happening didn't like, it happen anytime, like three times yeah anytime i was under like heavy load it would just fall off the the uh front derailleur like the, off the big chain ring it's like what the hell is going on and i'm I'm like, clearly there's something wrong with the alignment of my derailleurs or with like, uh, it turned out, no, my chain was just so stretched. Like it was the most stretched that I had ever, like I, you could, you could just in the turn from the top of the front chain ring to the bottom, like you could have the uh, chain like tight on the the top and bottom and you could like pull it out in front and see it like, like see the teeth in front. It was like, wow, that has that that has deteriorated so much. It was the most ch- stretched chain I've ever seen. I changed the chain and it was like, ah, this all runs perfectly, except uh I ran it so long uh with like in a bad condition and always rode it on the same uh rear uh sprocket when I was doing workouts Mm -hmm. that that one sprocket on, on my uh, like on the trainer still doesn't mesh well. Uh, And it never will. Yeah. I, I I mean, I like at some point the next time I'm doing this, I'm going to like replace the chain and the, the uh, yeah. 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 So what, what happened is the, the, they wore together, which is, A, a thing I didn't understand until I worked in heavy industry and it happened while we were emergency shipping a replacement part for an obsolete machine. Uh, so think things we have learned tonight on the Pink Tron. Um, uh, Pink Tron, obviously, because of science, is the best bike to ride. Don't talk to any of us about bike maintenance. Things will wear together and look after your chain is <laughs> the, uh, the key message, isn't it? Invest in a chain measurement tool. They're they're not very expensive, and they're really not. Although even if you if you don't want to pay the five bucks, use a ruler. It you, works. Even if you have one, you just have to remember to use it. I think that's the bigger issue. It's like actually um, check it occasionally. So, uh, one last thing. Uh, there is a post Dave Roberts put up on Ladder League. Uh, people are signing up. Um, try very hard to get to the right time zone and category in your sign up it helps dave out 
But if you're interested in the ladder league, it, it looks like a, a very interesting thing. There's a new league standing up for America's East. Um, the time zone is going to switch soon. So a bunch of those America's East people are going to want to ride APAC. And uh, yeah, no, it's uh, it, it looks really interesting. I think I'm going to do some. And uh, if you want to sign up, sign up. Yeah, definitely. I'm I'm captaining uh, the newly formed herd of Speedy Squirrels, which is a uh, low C high D team uh, that we've got. Um, we welcome some more people to come in. Uh, as ever, we've done a quick poll of who's available when and have found how easy it is to have six people who are never available at the same time. Um, so yeah, and uh, you could, we get some really cool data actually. Like it, it, uh, I'm looking now at the team roster, and for each member of the team, it can it gives me their five, fifteen, thirty second power, one, two, five, and twenty minute power, um, and sort of nicely color coordinates them. So we can look at that and go right. We could see that like there's some people here who've got some great five second power. We need to get them in a short sprint. Like it's already got me thinking about what types of races we can do and what kind of shenanigans we can get up to. So, yeah, looking forward to that getting uh, through to the uh, league organisers and uh, the new team being put in. So, if anyone's keen, uh, drop us a note. Uh, let Dave know Apparently on that. Apparently, they're they're getting close to having enough to have a, an Americas um, ladder team as well. So, if, if you know, yeah. was in the Americas world and is interested, I, I think I'm going to try to sign up. I, I'm going to try something different um, coming up. Yeah. Um, also mentioned ZRL, ZRL, for those of you in the other parts of the world, um, is coming up again. And you know, I know teams are looking for folks. So if you're interested in trying out ZRL, different style racing, you're doing some different things with points and they're using uh, category enforcement this time around. So you know, that, that interests you. I will. No, so I, I was just going to say, look out for a post from, from Roe. Uh, he's he's uh, been busy, but he is going to be putting a post up uh, yeah. very soon. And there is a Zwift update out just recently, so any races going on, you, you know, it's rolling out over time. So be, you know, don't 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 cut yourself too close. You might end up <laughs> getting updated right before you're supposed to supposed to race and, and lose your warm-up or something. So. Oh, well, uh, I think I think that's it for the night. So uh, I'm going to say good night. Thanks very much, everyone. Um, Happy weekend. Happy racing. Cheers. Cheers and moo. Hey.